Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. I have to say that I actually, I didn't mention this, but you're looking particularly gorgeous today. You've got these, that beautiful white blouse with the frilly little cap sleeves, which is just beautiful. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we'll make an effort for a Monday. Oh, see, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. The effort is appreciated. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing? <laughs> yes, I'm good. I am way better than I felt last week. So that's good. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have a bit of a funky period and you need to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. So yes, I am a lot better. Thank you very much. Oh, nice. How are you? Good. And you know, it's funny, the tincture of time, right? So just mm. sometimes if you've got nothing else in your toolkit, just waiting it out and seeing if problems just sort yeah. themselves out can sometimes yeah. be our best bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, no, all is good. Um, I need to say a quick happy birthday mm. to Rachel. Oh, she's a bit of a super fan, and it's her birthday today. So by the time this goes out and airs, then clearly our birthday will be over. But I'm sure she'll appreciate a little birthday shout out. So oh. happy birthday, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> oh, Rachel, you've been there with us since the start, which is really since exciting. Since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the OG. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OG fan. So yeah, it is her birthday today. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, at this age, our numbers start going backwards, if anybody didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever forget how old you are? Because I do, often. Yes. Like, not how old you are, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like, because the, the numbers just start to meld together. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all just merge, don't they? It does. Yeah. It's wishful yeah. thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the same time, so I'm both terrified as uh, of age, but I'm also, I have a lot of my parents' genes, which are like, they're just these like grown up children. In their minds, they think they're 20. So my dad is yeah. like still picking up 20 year olds at 80 and he's still skiing double black diamond, you know, ski runs. So wow. in his mind, he hasn't aged a second. He is living at large. Oh, God. Absolutely. There was a time where I was like, Dad, please don't date anybody younger than me. But the problem is, is like, like, increasingly, that's absolutely impossible because 43 year old women are just too old for him. They just can't keep up. <laughs> so that's my well, fair uh, play, yeah. fair play to your dad. Yeah. And that's the person who inspires me. my mother as well. She's just like yeah. a baller, just, you know, hauling bags at the airport, just, uh, you know, can kick the shit out of anybody. <laughs> used to then and still could p- beat me up now so yeah no it's uh that's those are my those are my um role models that i look up to yeah. so age is that's just a number is but Doesn't a number matter. yeah yeah it's the mindset yeah it certainly is mm-hmm. all right well lady what is up on the relationship desk of love okay i'm gonna share with you a post that i read over the weekend ah Let's pop my reading glasses on because mm. i am of that age <laughs> Age is but a number, but the glasses are a little extra. The glasses are a bit of a giveaway, yes. Yep. I have noticed like, the majority of my friends need to need to wear reading glasses mm-hmm. now. But, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so five things that are not okay in any relationship. Mm-hmm. Get your um, notepad and pe- pe- 
notepad and pen ready. Oh, you've got it. Okay. So the first one, holding grudges and allowing them to build. Oh, yes. These are the things that we're not allowed to do, remember? Mm, yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's a no-no. Um, changing your core values to be loved more. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I don't even know. How would you change your values? Meaning pretending? do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it must be, like, values are something that are quite intrinsic. They're kind of built in, aren't they? Yeah, but a lot of us hold these, we think that there are values, but they're these remnant mm. sort of old clothing that we're cluttering yeah. our closet with that don't actually fit us anymore. Mm. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy to hold on to other people's values, yeah? Think that yeah. they're our own. yeah. So yes, yeah, so be clear on your values and um, and don't change them to be loved more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number three, refusing to discuss difficult stuff ever. <laughs> yeah. Does this hit home? Because this hits home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, this sure. is a do not yeah. do this, right? Yeah, we're not Shit. allowed to do this okay. anymore. We have to stop. We Damn. have to discuss difficult things. Oh man. But that's so hard. I prefer stony, heavy, pregnant silence. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yeah, uh, the avoidance technique. Mm -hmm. Stonewalling. (laughs) Hello. It's been working for years. (laughs) I'm sure. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it says about kind of all those things. So shutting down on on, um, communication, all of that, not allowed. Number four, neglecting your needs just to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. How many times do we see this? Well, at the start... Until all of a sudden the house falls down and then I'm a right bitch getting all pissed <laughs> off and bringing up the past when I denied my own needs because I wasn't communicating yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. They, they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Number three and number four. 100%. So kind of, yeah. Yep. We think that, you know, we'll just kind of keep the peace for a bit. We'll say nothing. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, it just erupts, mm-hmm. comes out, bubbling over. On that note, funny enough, I actually... Mm. Um, so my friend was telling me, like, don't fake an orgasm because that tells that usually we fake an orgasm just to get out of whatever that thing is and hurry things yeah. along if it's not all that pleasurable. But the problem yeah. is, is the orgasm tells somebody, oh, that was really great. Do it again. Yeah. So yeah. again, in conveying your needs, just be super careful that you're actually not reinforcing um, inaccurate beliefs about what your needs, yeah. wants and desires actually are. Something as simple as faking yeah. an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing when you're asked, um, if you're asked to do something and you say, oh, no, I can't, you make up some sort of excuse. Mm. But actually, the reality is I don't want to do that thing, whatever it is. Yeah. But by making up an excuse and not being truthful and saying, actually, that's just not my cup of tea. I'm not into that. Then you're still leaving the door open for somebody to keep coming back and asking you time and time again about the same thing. Yeah, because they think, oh, well, they would like to do that. If not for that, their grandmother was sick, their uncle was sick. Yeah. They yeah. got COVID 15 times there. in August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> 15 times in one month. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish this relationship news. Mm-hmm. I shall not be distracted. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry, I wanted to take a little segue. <laughs> I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> so number five is um, abuse of any kind. So it goes on to share kind of, you know, abuse isn't just physical, it's financial, it's emotional, sexual. We've talked a few times, I think, about things like that Mm -hmm. um and clearly if that is something that's coming up for you then there is lots of support out there Mm. and um we would encourage you to get some support Mm. yes as soon as you are ready and able yeah and abuse often starts with being critical somebody being critical of you putting you down 
making you doubt yourself. Yeah. Leeching your confidence. Totally. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Yeah. Lots okay. of things not to do in relationships. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> That's a beautiful setting off point. Excellent. Yes. So shall we hot topic? Let's go. Okay. Comforting a distressed partner. Mm. There, there's a lot of tie-in with just holding space for people's grief, which we yeah. as a species do really, really poorly because we are mm. uncomfortable with the emotion of distress, grief, yeah. loss, hurt, pain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's really hard though, if you really care for somebody deeply, which, you know. Presuming. You should do if it's your partner. Yeah. Presuming <laughs> that's where we're from. Yeah. Yeah then to see somebody in such a you know in a distressed state or a you know a place that's uncomfortable for them and you know that they're hurting mm-hmm. is really difficult to um to witness and to and to be able to stand by and it makes it says a lot about you doesn't it because it, often we then we kind of turn it back onto how we're feeling and what's going on mm-hmm. and you know we're uncomfortable by that position and we don't want them to be in in that situation and we automatically go to that place of I need to fix it I need to find a solution I need to kind of swoop in and save the day Mm. um and that's very often the last thing that's needed at that point yeah yeah we want to offer solutions which are oriented towards people getting out of that distressed state as soon as possible because it's uncomfortable for us yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly but that's rarely and, what and people need is a solution. No, no. In terms of comfort. So yeah. what actually brings comfort to a distressed person, a distressed partner? I think sometimes that can be different for different people, can't it? Some people need um, some space, so they need to be physically left alone. Mm-hmm. Some people, that would be the worst possible um you know option of of, um dealing with it they might want to have somebody close and they might actually crave some of that physical connection and want you know somebody to comfort them in a physical way Mm -hmm. um so I think it is different for different people and sometimes it's about how can I how can I use some of the other times that happen to understand my partner better so that I can respond in the right way in that moment should it arise Mm-hmm. So really, this is a, a real classic example of sometimes we want to comfort people the way that we want to comfort. It's really important yeah. to comfort somebody in the way that they want to be comforted. Yeah. So the yeah. recipient here is the most important thing. Yeah. So we can start with a question. This is so hard. This must be so difficult for you. How would you like me to be there for you in this moment? Yeah. How can I support you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. What is it that you need right now? Some of those types of questions are Mm. the best questions to ask. Um, But also draw upon what are some of the things that have worked really well in the past? Like, Mm. have you faced that situation with your partner before? Mm. And, you know, how did that work? Is Is there any learnings I can take from something that might have happened in the past? Sometimes we could kind of forget some of these situations and incidents that occur And then we're not using that information to the best of our ability. Oh, and that that rings true because 
the good thing about our partner, it's not like a stranger. It's like that we have a track yeah. record with them. So yeah. we can intuitively dive into what we feel. But but then the only thing I will say is that, yes, retrieve sort of the things that have worked for similar situations, but never be afraid to ask because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not saying that we just have that as a as a tool. It is about using a combination of things yeah. to get to the right position. Yeah. And sometimes it takes more than one more than one thing you know your partner might not open up about what they need or they might not know themselves you know mm-hmm. often when we're in that distressed state it feels overwhelming so your brain isn't thinking in a rational way all you know is that I just feel terrible right now mm-hmm. and I don't know what I need so mm-hmm. it might be that the response that comes back is I haven't got a clue like I really genuinely don't know yeah. I just feel terrible and maybe it is your partner or maybe you know okay generally speaking my partner likes about a half an hour of like quiet time and then wants a cup of tea silently brought into the room, left there, then leave. And then an hour later come in and offer a hug. Yeah. And that might be that sort of pattern. So I coach a lot of men and I coach a lot of men who have gone far down their marriage where they are now labeled as uncaring oafs Mm. who are not emotionally sensitive. They're not a strong partner um, because they're, wise in in these cases, um, have consistently found that when they are distressed, their husband always Mm. does the wrong thing. And so they're, the wife sort of interprets from that, well, they must not care because these are high performing men in every other arena of their lives. But in this particular arena, they kind of just fudge it up each and every time by doing something that rubs the wife the wrong way. Yeah. Um, what I find actually is a lot of the time and, and wives don't, women don't see that or the partner doesn't see that, but a lot of the men that I coach actually have some sort of trauma response that when, um, a lot of men, if I may generalize are actually really like scared, like deer caught in the headlights when they encounter mm. somebody's emotional yeah. response, crying, anger, frustration, fear, yeah. they don't know what to do. And it can tie back to childhood experiences where mm. they were, they got, in trouble, um, for, or, or, you know, being narcissistic parents, the product of narcissistic parents, where they're always having to uh, fight the losing battle of trying to win their parents' affection or trying to fix Mm. their parents' lives and always being set up for failure. So, and because men are not encouraged to show emotion or participate in emotion, they just don't know what to do with it. So a deer caught in the headlights. Mm. And a lot of the time I work with men to try to come up with like a kind of like a CPR plan, right? If you see somebody collapse in cardiac arrest, what do you do? What are the steps, right? Because you're going to be a deer caught in the headlights. So you have to retrieve this pattern. Okay, first I do this, then I do that, et cetera. Same thing is stop, recognize that this is an emotional moment. Yeah. You will want to make it go away. So you're going to try to make a solution or try to come up with some idiotic thing like, oh, you know, you shouldn't worry about that or, oh, yeah. The rate, the sun will come out tomorrow or it, something. Yeah, it'll be all right in the end. Everything always works out. Oh all God. of those kind of... The com- he you know, was old anyways. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one is harsh. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? But it happens. People say the stupidest things because they're just yeah. terrified of yeah. emotion and loss. Yeah, it is. So it's that kind of panic moment, isn't it? And also, I think, you know... Can, you can often feel like I need to fix this like I I need to do something about this mm-hmm. whereas the other person just sometimes does just need that space yeah. or um acknowledgement that it is 
tough that whatever mm. it is that's causing this emotional reaction mm-hmm. whatever it is that your partner's distressed about you know it's it's justified right. and I think often the thing that we need the most is some sort of acknowledgement some sort of validation that our feelings are are real yeah. and they belong to us and that it's okay to have them mm-hmm. and you know anybody faced in that circumstance would be feeling the same way so mm-hmm. trying to kind of normalize the what you're going through and have some empathy and some understanding mm-hmm. and that that is is what will demonstrate your care inside not the kind of right here's a you know a here's here's my five things and I'm gonna this is the way that I know how to fix it and we're gonna kind of um this is how we're gonna address it mm-hmm. so that kind of steamroller approach mm. that we often see because it's you know induced by that panic moment mm-hmm. um is never it's never gonna work yeah I would suggest it won't exactly so yeah but it's just I mean it's just not nice is it nobody wants to see anybody upset and but it is part of life it's part you know we have to experience all the emotions yeah um and there are times that are going to come along that are going to you know give us a, a big sharp shock and, and upset us for kind of whatever reason because yeah that's just part of living life it is and just because your partner is experiencing really strong I'll say negative emotions or mm things that are not societally recognized as being positive and upbeat. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with you. Uh, Oftentimes when somebody is sad, mad, or angry, we think it's about us or we make it about us. And that's the, that's compounds our discomfort. And if we can just sit there and say, it's not about me right now, it's about my partner. How do I uncenter myself? Yeah. And make my partner the center of attention, which keeps the heat off of me. Unless I have, even if I am the source of the discontent, um, I don't actually have to come up with a solution. I can also, un- again, uncenter myself and say my partner is yeah. having really strong feelings. Maybe it's something I did wrong, um, but I can actually center my partner and sort of yeah. find out what they need right now in this moment, even yeah. if I am the source of or a big source of the distress. Yeah. Um, something that in the deer caught in the headlights um, approach that I coach around is counting to a thousand. So, you know, if we, if what our partner needs right now is just a hand on the shoulder or a hand on the knee in silence, Mm -hmm. again, it's super hard to sit in that space because every second Mm -hmm. is going to crawl by like a million years. So oftentimes I'll just, um, advise folks like for the emergency toolkit of what to do is number one, stop, drop and roll. Don't go into solution mode. Just stop. Be like, does this have who is this about right now? Is it about me? No, it's not. Mm. It's about my partner. Okay. So whew, yeah. calm down. What can I do for you in this moment? Or supportive hand on knee and then mm. count to a thousand. Yeah. And if your partner is crying, the world is not going to fall down. Tears don't melt metal. They're just tears. It's in a release of energy. Yeah. So if your partner is crying, as opposed to bringing a tissue and, and you know, shoving a tissue box under their nose, which again, tells shoving tissues at people says, your crying is making me uncomfortable and here's something to make that crying stop. Mm. Whereas just sitting and of course, if there's like disgusting snot running down their face, you may say, did you want a tissue? Cause you know, totally up to you, but just counting it out, counting yeah. it out, counting to a thousand and waiting till your partner is ready to take a next step, whether that's maybe they want to start, mm. start speaking, maybe they, whatever that might be. Maybe they want to go into action mode, whatever that is, but just taking your partner's lead. But that, that patience 
to talk yourself down off the ledge while you're waiting those seemingly endless hours mm. of waiting for your partner's energetic sort of release to kind of move into a place where they actually want to say something or ask something. Yeah. yeah just holding that space mm. for yourself. Yeah. I think if... If you are somebody that struggles with this, though, I would say, you know, you're not alone, like lots of people mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's really difficult. And especially if you, you know, you're not faced with this situation very often, it can come as a bit of a surprise. And mm-hmm. you're not really then, you've not really practiced the skills to be able to deal with it. So, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, don't give yourself a hard time if you do feel like you struggle in this area. Lots of people do. Yeah. But I think it's about making some conscious decisions and taking some conscious action to try and um to work harder at responding in the right way that is going to be you know helpful and supportive at the same time and it's you can be selfish about it because the the better you are at this the smoother your relationship will be because this is yeah. this is probably one of the biggest hurdling stones that i coach around where this sort of resentment mm. has built up over two decades oh it does yeah 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 and you're, yeah. and then you have, you have a brand across your forehead that says uncaring, non-strong lout, uh, who is good <laughs> for nothing in emotional situations. I can't depend yeah. on you to be my emotional yeah. rock. Like, and that's your label. And <laughs> we have to coach around, uh, getting, uh, showing up in a different way. It, it's yeah. hard when there's two decades of, uh, a legacy of mm. behavior and somebody expects you to be unsupportive, unstrong. Mm. So not impossible to coach around if there's 20 years of legacy of this pattern, but it's a little easier to nip it in the bud if possible. Yeah. But it's like all things though, you know, it does take two people and it's, you know, it can't all be that the, it's mm. the guy that's, oh, full you, on. Know, got, you know, it's funny. These things yeah. build up, they build yeah. up often because we don't deal with them on both sides. So we're not having the, the difficult conversations, Yeah, the hard stuff. We're not, you know, we're not, dealing with that straight away and in which case it does build up over time oh and that this is something if I could coach the partners to say can you give us a little bit of grace here because you expect this person to run a hundred meters like an olympic athlete where we're just trying to kind of get down the track yeah if there's any way to show my client grace while we're doing this work and recognize the small changes um because I just find that when somebody's been disappointed for two decades, they are very mm. cold and unforgiving of any attempt. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. are telling themselves a story that my partner will never change. Yeah. And they are hell bent on making themselves the protagonist who is right and proving yeah. their own crappy story correct. So as much grace as I can have, just recognize that our clients are trying. <laughs> <laughs> I try to send those messages along, just be like, my coach says I'm trying. I don't know. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah oh yeah well we don't like dealing with upset very often as human beings it makes us feel um pretty crappy too and that's often why we get it wrong true unfortunately but when you start to learn that you actually are good at handling Mm. feelings and holding space for people yeah you will feel so rewarded by actually exercising that in every part of your life with your direct reports at work with your siblings with your parents Um, once you start learning the skills, you'll be busting them out left, right, and center being like, I am great at handling emotions (laughs) and holding space. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to learn something about yourself. Um, I'm, I'm bad at, I'm bad at handling emotions. Well, 
you're bad at things if you've never tried them and never had confidence in doing them. We only yeah. like to do the things that we're good at. We're only good yeah, at the right. things we practice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Good time. we um, take a question? Yes, indeed. This week's question. I'm single. Is following lots of girls on Instagram a bad idea? If I meet somebody, will they think bad of me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> Go on then, what comes up for you? Um, Like nothing's ever bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what is interesting is people who are following, and let's say that this that the caller male, female, non-binary, doesn't really matter, but you're sort of seeing hot people on Instagram who are filtered mm. up the yin-yang and they are presenting their best selves. And it really is showing a distorted view of reality. It's not even reality. I I will say that um, when you meet your Instagram model, let's just say, it is not going to be the thing that they showed. In, like it, it's, it's a very hard act to follow. It, it does... I get concerned about distortion of reality because it starts to program your brain and your expectations into what is attractive when really Mm. real life is, um, there's a potpourri of, of things that real life looks, smells, feels like, and it's not Mm. what is shown on Instagram. So my concern with folks who just follow a lot of people on Instagram is that becomes their new normal. That becomes their aspiration and they will always be set up for disappointment when they meet real life people in real life. Mm. Yeah. What comes up for you? I get, I, t- I totally get what you're saying there. Um, I think for me, what comes up is the amount of judgment that is in this question. Mm. So the person's really judging themselves mm. and they're worried about other people judging them as well. Um, you know, as you say, there's no such thing as, as good or bad. Kind of, you know, if, if you want to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the judgment in it but also I often think if you're asking the question you've kind of answered your own question anyway mm. so mm-hmm. you know is it that you really want to follow the girls or is it that you don't really want to follow the girls mm. um so I think this person probably knows that one answer mm. um but yeah there's definitely a lot of judgment in there mm. and judgment shame yeah mm. yeah what do you think is the at the root of the shame? Where does the shame come from? Um, there's that kind of societal pressure, isn't there, to be a certain way or to, you know, think a certain thing, to do a certain thing. And, you know, maybe this person just hasn't got the, they haven't found their own confidence, their own kind of inner compass mm. that is guiding them. I, I kind of feel like that's something that's coming up. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay. What were you thinking? No, but this is interesting. So say more about this. Like, it, let's just say if the, we gave them time on the clock and they were to sort of go through the, uh, an ex- exploratory journey, how do you think this question would change or how would it find its own solution? I think if you've got your own kind of inner compass, so if you have more self-belief in who you are and you are quite confident in your decisions and the and the the way that you live your life and the choices that you make then you you don't need to look outside for that decision making because all of that decision making is is within you 
Mm. When we're uncertain and we don't really know who we are and we don't really know our own mind, we're constantly looking for other people to provide us with the answers. Mm. Okay. And and very often those answers don't then marry up with the things that we want to do. And then there's some, you know, conflict that arises because of that. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. And we can feel kind of out of sync and out of kilter by that. So the question is not the important thing. The The lack of a compass is the thing that draws your attention. Well, I would say if you, it's, it's a decision, right? So, and for me, that element of judgment there means that is what tells me that this person isn't that confident in who they are and hmm. their ability to make the right choices. Mm. There's some second guessing going on there. Mm. Okay. So what would your underlying advice not that we give advice but if you had advice what would your advice be what's what what instinctively do you feel like this person might need to do I would consider using the kind of the head heart mm. and instinct so the holographic decision making yeah yeah so um this is a specific tool that um Anna and I are both familiar with through coaching but essentially if when you're stuck and you're not quite sure and you haven't developed enough of a strong um inner compass or instinct that kind of more kind of gut feel reaction for making the right decision that you know is going to be right for you then you can ask yourself so what would my what does my head say um what does my heart what do I know in my heart and then you know what's that overall kind of instinct what what's that other underlying message that is coming to me and that is often a really good way to try and solve some conundrums that you don't know the answer to or you believe on the face of it that you don't know the answer to Hmm. oh lovely it's so interesting because I I feel like this is a um I love that you bring this up because like for me, I get very stuck in the question and the nature of the question is I'm single. Is following a lot of girls on Instagram a bad idea. If I met mm. someone, would they think bad of me? Yeah. Yeah. What's really cool is that is that you're picking up on the judgment and you're picking up on the need to start to be able to make some very sort of well-rounded decisions for yourself and to get that clear yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so the beautiful thing is there's no question. There's no answer to this question. Yeah. It's all going to be individual. Yeah. And the other thing about this is, um, you know, as you're, if you're entering into that kind of dating world, then it's really important to know who you are and the types of things that are going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling with, you know, with this question and you don't, that would suggest to me that you're probably struggling with, with some other decisions as well mm-hmm. and getting cl- real clarity on who you are mm-hmm. and the type of relationship that you want and what you look for in a partner it's just so essential before you kind of hit that dating scene. Yeah, it's so true. I've had a client who is, who does follow a lot of girls on Instagram and they have mm. expressed concern because I think they, they realize that it's not serving them. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's coming from a deep underlying lack of, of confidence in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a feeling of sort of chasing the ideal woman, but at a, at a, arm's distance, somebody on Instagram. Yeah. So you, you're very intimately tied to this person. You get to see a lot of their intimate photos, yeah. but you actually don't have to step out on a ledge yeah. and exercise confidence because you don't have enough of it and you realize that. And so you can kind of sort of be a voyeur of sorts, but you're not actually yeah. meeting people in real life. So yeah. I have had clients who've realized, you know, I need to actually like the Instagram thing is a rabbit hole that doesn't serve me. 
Mm. I need to start shutting that down or limiting Mm. myself to actually go out and meet people in real life. Because really for them, they realize scrolling women on Instagram is a way of sort of kind of feeding their ego without 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 having to put themselves yeah Yeah. without having to put themselves out there yeah yeah it It is it's it's tricky it's it's been very distorted they realize how unhealthy it is for them Mm. yeah um and and so the secondary question is if i meet somebody will they think bad of me well Mm. i mean and it's funny too you're you're kind of outsourcing the decision right should i decide because of what my future partner thinks of this or do I do the holographic thinking and make a decision before I ever meet anybody? Because that's yeah. essential to even getting out on the dating game. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to be who who you are you've yeah. got, and you've got to present your, your true self to somebody, not, you know, it goes back to that thing around, you know, changing your values to please somebody. Am I going to change my decision making? And am I going to start off that relationship in completely the wrong position? Because this isn't actually true to who I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reality is I, I like to look at girls on Instagram mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, is it if that is if that is the choice and I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, then, you know, do, do I, I then want to meet a partner that's confident in themselves and there isn't that kind of jealousy factor there right. that then we know is going to be disruptive for the relationship. Mm-hmm. So it, it starts to shape exactly what your kind of future looks like and the type of person so then you start to say well I that is the route I want to go down and therefore I need somebody who's confident in themselves and isn't faced by this right and then you have to be confident in them if they like to scroll Instagram as well for hot people absolutely (laughs) which I find funny enough there's uh, my clients they don't say whether the hot girls they just say lots of girls oh they don't say how hot they are that's true that's true (laughs) It it is it, the only other thing is is if you've done this holographic thinking, there is something about mm. smelling the scent of your own bullshit, and even through <laughs> all the gold lame facades that you try to put around it. So if you're like, no, 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 I own it. It's totally cool for yeah. me to scroll lots of girls on Instagram. I'm gonna find somebody who's not jealous. Great. Ask yourself the question again because, and three times, because there's a certain percentage of possibility that you've actually totally bullshitted yourself like yeah it totally serves me to scroll it really does yeah. it ask yeah. yourself that same and just know the smell of your own bullshit mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so well he has to know in your own mind very true <laughs> but interestingly we never gave an answer to the question frustrating isn't it because <laughs> <laughs> there is no answer mm. it's a trick question oh coaches so frustrating to hang out with us isn't it <laughs> what is that times well the good thing is we're not asking what do you what do you think or what do you feel yeah. or what do you think well we kind of are i guess but um you know hopefully we've given you a bit more of a framework to approach this sort of thing yeah which is certain habits that we have that may or may not be rooted in lack of confidence and will it serve us to mm-hmm. to rethink the things that we've taken for granted about the yeah. habits that we have yeah mm-hmm okay absolutely oh all right okay time for some brandy in that pumpkin spice latte <laughs> <laughs> well the sun is literally just setting here oh and i'm so pleased that i remember to put my light on because often start recording and then i'm sat in the dark towards the end <laughs> coming to the yeah, light there's quite a pinky sky as well oh. which i don't think is a good sign for tomorrow but anyway 
Oh, is that? Does that mean storms ahead? Well, they say um, red sky. Oh, no, red sky at night, shepherds delight. Red sky in the morning, shepherds warning. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's so lovely. So maybe it is a good thing. Oh, Who knows? <laughs> I love um, learning the cultural nuances across the pond. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a very, very old saying. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So... Um, I shall let you get on with your day. And, Indeed. Um, and me to your evening. Yes, I'll go and fill my belly. Aha, uh-huh, very nice. Alrighty. All right. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.